0: And uh-huh.
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from Built Bar. Check him out, builtbar.com. Use the promo code ZONE at checkout. Get some amazing deals. We're going to talk to Sam Amick of The Athletic, of course, one of our great uh, daily assist guests. He's going to jump on with us. Nice enough to do so because he's been breaking a ton of news lately, Gordon, including just uh, what on Twitter six minutes ago. Uh, Sam says, uh, source, the NBA has launched an investigation into the Jerry West Clippers allegations surrounding the Kawhi Leonard acquisition that were detailed in a TMZ report earlier this week. That's actually uh, 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 a report. that We've kind of suspected. Uh, that uh, there was some shenanigans going on with uh, the choir situation because we had heard some news about what he was requesting from Toronto, and now it looks like the NBA is going to look into the matter further.
2: Sorry, Jake. You sounded like you were broadcasting from Mars there for a second, but uh, we gathered ourselves, didn't we, Austin? Yeah, that was very
3: strange. But you're back, Jake, so reset what wow. we we're saying. Oh, okay. Uh <laughs> It all right, now I flustered. Jabba the Hutt halfway through that. Area. Oh, that's not
1: good. Jabba, <laughs> that's Jabba. Not, that's not good at all. What do you think, Gordon? Does that, does that
2: make me Princess Leia? <laughs>
1: oh, oh, come on. <laughs> so what, what you mean, were you saying about Jabba? Yeah, uh, it's just c- creepy. Uh, uh, well, Sam reporting that uh, the NBA is looking into possible improprieties involving Kawhi yeah. Leonard and, uh, and Jerry West in his recruitment to the Clippers last year.
2: So what do you think of it, Jake? Uh, I know obviously we don't, we don't know because we're not part of the investigation, but do you think there is indeed fire where there's smoke?
1: I don't know because there seems to be a lot of smoke surrounding Kawhi. Uh, when it comes to these sorts of things. I mean, he was, he was requesting all these weird, you know, apartments and stuff from Toronto that is outside the, the scope of the CBA. And if, you know, let me compare it to uh, the Cam Newton situation when he was in college. Remember, it, uh, the allegations came out about recruiting violations in connection to Mississippi State and not mm-hmm. to Auburn. Remember, it was that Mississippi State uh, received the demands from Cam and passed. But then he makes it to Auburn, and the NCAA actually concluded that oh, there was no impropriety with Auburn. You know that that was in the that was Mississippi State, and it didn't happen. And uh, it, it, it certainly didn't happen at Auburn. No way, you know. Or or Auburn came in with a better offer, and it didn't leak out, right? So, I mean, it's kind of one of those situations where if he was requesting that from Toronto, my guess is he was putting that out there to everybody, and maybe it was the Clippers who bit, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I I don't know. Why can't people just live by the
1: rules? You know? Uh because uh we're we're not on Mars, Gordon.
2: Yeah. Everybody's I
1: get it. looking to to cut some Go corners.
2: Ahead. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. But uh, you know, I'm going to wait and see how this investigation uh plays out because, you know, oftentimes we're asked our opinion about things that we really don't know all the facts too you know as far as these investigations go and, and and sometimes I think that's not fair because because we don't know it all. No. I mean Austin knows it all, but we don't and uh, we sometimes it's better I think to wait and see uh, what it is, not always but usually.
1: Uh, Sam just uh, was in contact with the show. By the way, he was he was supposed to join us now? Um, like I mentioned, he just broke this story a matter of minutes ago, so he's uh, he's gotten swamped a little bit. So we're hoping that we're going to catch up with him at 4:30. We'll go ahead and and knock on wood there, but uh, certainly understandable. Sam is in the the news breaking business, Gordon, and uh, he's he's got his teeth into something. So uh, as always, we'll be we'll be flexible with our our friend as he uh, does that good work. Uh, again, follow Sam uh, at the athletic and and one thing that sam has really done a great job on uh gordon is is covering the the saga going on with the houston rockets and uh, the issues that are uh, going on in that culture is a direct result of, of James Harden and his reporting. Uh, he's, he's reported with some other uh, athletic writers, but uh, we know how dialed he in he is with that Rockets organization, and has uh, broken some interesting stuff. Uh, none of it positive, by the way.
2: Yeah, you know, it gets back some. Some of it gets back to the same stuff: players looking for certain advantages, certain favors, certain. Uh, um, uh, well, uh, bits and pieces that create problems on a team, or in the eyes of the league, or whatever. I mean, but still, what you're doing is you're accommodating guys in ways that probably aren't healthy. That's definitely true in Houston.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm actually it was true with the, it was true with the
2: Clippers too.
1: Right. I, I think the Houston thing is the biggest story in the NBA right now. Maybe maybe 1A, 1B, honestly, with Rudy Gobert and his contract extension, which I think is a giant story in the NBA because he's an all-star player and they don't uh, potentially move or not move all that often. Uh, I, I think it's a huge story. But what, what happens with James Harden? I mean, it's it's got to be un- – Like, it's got to be unsalvageable at this point, right? I mean, it feels like James himself. It it seems like James himself is poisoning that well, right? Right, right. He does
2: not want to be there. And he's. it's to the point now where the precedent that is set in these cases, especially the high-profile ones, and we saw it with uh, Anthony Davis, you know, if a guy doesn't want to be there, it doesn't matter what the contract says. You know, I mean... If a player is going to be disruptive and he's going to be unhappy and he's not going to put up to his potential the way he's being paid, then what, what's the team supposed to do with that
1: point? Right, right.
2: And I so mean, it he, doesn't, this is the frustrating part of that, is that people say, oh, yeah, you got your star wrapped up for the next five years. Well, do you?
1: No, is the, the answer to that. Yeah.
2: And that sucks. That sucks for everybody. It sucks for the team that's willing to invest that kind of money in it. It sucks for the fans who now are you know committed to that player and, and are excited about it. What, in a year and a half, a guy stubs his toe or doesn't like the way someone talks to him and he wants out?
1: This is going to be one of those battles, I think, organizations fight. We're not fight. That's too much of a negative. Uh, that's not really what I'm trying to say. But how, how organizations handle this going forward? Because players have an incredible amount of leverage. They always have, but their uh, players in today's day and age are really waking up to the amount of leverage that they, they truly do have. But I, I talked to Austin about this uh, off the air the other day. Just because you have the power doesn't mean that you should necessarily use it. Because there's all sorts of things that could uh, that could happen as a result of that. Uh, All of the Clippers. Right. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that organization is going to do anything and everything possible to uh, retain the services uh, of a player of that caliber. But look at the byproduct. Just absolutely destroyed a locker room that was really, really good before he got there. And so, so remember, how do you how do you manage that? How do you keep your superstars happy, but keep a functional team environment? As Coach right. Chiesa said on these airwaves yesterday, this is a team game after all. That's the sixty-four billion
2: dollar question, right there. And it takes it, it takes communication. It takes, but some guys aren't going to. This is one of the things we we mentioned earlier in the week, Jake. When when the Jazz talk about character, guys. Uh, we used to think, oh yeah, all right, okay, whatever, you know. But it's true. If you if you have a star, not only do you have to find a star player, but you have to find a star player who is honorable, right? Because if you don't, then all bets are off, and all contracts are off, or could be. I don't know how other owners or how the majority of owners are going to react to this stuff. Will they will they push for measures that will penalize teams in a major way? or penalize players in a major way when when things aren't lived up to? And then does it get uh, all tangled up in legalese? Or, or how is that going to be solved? Or do owners think, oh, right, well, good, if there's a star player out there and he's going to have problems with the guys he's with, uh, maybe we can make it so that he'll like us. And so we don't want to make it too punitive so we can go get him.
1: Here's you used the word honorable a little bit ago. Can I can can we play with that language for, for a second? Because I don't I, I I'm thinking the more accurate term has got to be buy in. You've got you've got your your star player has got to buy into what you are doing. Not create it, but uh-huh. buy into it. You know, okay. why was why was San Antonio so successful with Greg Popovich? I would argue one of the major reasons is that Tim Duncan bought in. And so the rest of the team looks at Tim Duncan, the best player, and says, well, if this guy's buying into what this coach or this organization or whatever is selling, well, then I better get on board because it's tim duncan and this is his team and and you maybe one thing that the jazz have going for it with donovan mitchell is it really seems like donovan mitchell buys into specifically what quinn snyder is doing but i would say the franchise as a whole and and if donovan's going to buy it and rudy too for that matter but if they're going to buy into what the jazz are doing then everybody else kind of has to fall in line james harden isn't buying into what's going on in Houston, and you can make an argument, he really never has. Everything in Houston has been adjusting to James Harden, as opposed yeah. to James Harden buying into what's going on in, in Houston. And maybe that's a delicate thing that can change over over a period of time. And maybe that's what happened in Houston. Maybe there was buy-in early with Antonio, and that's why they found some uh, success and that eventually faded. You know That maybe is a delicate thing. But I think, as opposed to a player being honorable, I think it's more that like you got to sell it to the player like you need to buy into this because this is ultimately going to make you successful my plan for you is the right one and i need you on board and maybe that motivates franchises without having to do something punitive like find the player or something like that gordon maybe that encourages the franchises to do things better and to do things differently so you get the buy-in from those players
2: okay uh yeah I, i like your description there um Although, is it not honorable not to be a selfish player?
1: Well, that's why I said can we play way? with the language a little bit? Because yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm buying into your sec, uh, sentiment. Huh? My, right. uh-huh. i buy buying I think, into your sentiment. I just wonder if it's the responsibility of the franchise to create the environment that the player can yeah. buy into and okay. make it a kind of a win-win. Gotcha. Win.
2: Yeah, Okay. I got you. But that can be complicated. Yeah. As you were mentioning there, if a player has a certain vision for what he wants, that rotates around him. And uh, that, again, that goes back to look at Donovan Mitchell, for instance. And I don't know what he's going to be like three years from now, but right now he seems willing. He wants to make his teammates better. You know? He wants to make his team. James Harden is making an ungodly amount of money and yet he's still a malcontent
4: yeah
2: you know well, and so you look at you look at donovan and you think okay donovan's going to get this 195 million dollar contract but he's not talking about hey fellas i want everything done my way i mean quinn might lean that way a little bit and say okay yeah this guy's a great player and we want him to handle the ball and important uh, possessions and let him have that, and let him do it the way in his judgment is best. But on the other hand, I don't see I don't see Donovan being egocentric about the way he plays the game. At least I don't see it. I see a guy who has been working on court awareness, and yeah, taking advantage of his own circumstance uh, on individual possessions, but also sharing the ball. Why? So his freaking team can win.
1: Well, I think he uh, operates. Is that, with, is
2: that you think you think that attitude is rare?
1: Oh, rare? Hmm. No, not necessarily. Um, I, I don't think it's rare per se. Maybe a little bit more rare amongst the elites uh, in the NBA. But I, I think the biggest thing about Donovan is he operates within the offense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, and, but the first thing triggers the second thing. Well, I mean, and the second thing triggers the first thing. It's He's willing to do that. He's willing. Wants to do that. that.
1: Well, it would appear. I'm not going to speak for what he wants or doesn't want, but it it, it appears that he certainly does it.
2: The action um, seemed to indicate that. Right,
1: we're right. And and that's where I guess getting back to buy-in. But, you know, Quinn Snyder, he can um, customize what he does to fit what Donovan does, too. And the the example I'll use is uh, the offense that Quinn Snyder created for Gordon Hayward to encourage him to stay. You know, you can uh-huh. adjust what you're doing to, to highlight your best players, and you'd be foolish if you didn't. It's that delicate balance of... You know, do you do you come to those conclusions together? Are you listening to the coach? And the big thing with Donovan is he doesn't go rogue in the offense that much. I mean, he does it within the scope. And I think it's because he does uh, want or appear to want to be a, a good teammate and knows that he can't do it alone.
2: And there are but, times when they want him to do it even more than he does, you know, as far as, man, Donovan, take that guy, you know. Do they? Do you think uh, th- th- this you, is why. This is why the communication between the coach and the general manager, or the main personnel person, and the player. You've got to be in sync with each other because if a coach doesn't it doesn't believe that a certain player that the GM might think is really talented, and the coach is sitting there going, "That guy is talented, but he's not going to work in in our system." And he doesn't have the right mindset for it. They've got to be of one, you know, in agreement on that in that regard. And then if they can communicate that to the individual player once he's in the fold, um, hopefully he'll be reasonable. I don't know James Harden. I is is he just an unreasonable man?
1: I, I, I don't know about unreasonable. I think he's wielding the, the authority that he's been given. I mean, if you read some of, <laughs> into some of Sam, Sam's reporting, I mean, they, they uh, quote anonymous staffers who say the philosophy around the Rockets is whatever James wants. Yeah. You know, so it sounds more
2: like a spoiled child.
1: Oh, okay. Then. But I mean, that's what, that's the culture that they've fostered there because they valued him that much. And he is, he's one of the elite players in the league. It gets back to the fundamental discussion that you and I have for, for weeks. Where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Is it yep. worth it? Is it yep. worth it?
2: I know that Locke is very fond of James Harden, thinks he's a great player and it's hard to argue with, uh, his uh, proficiency offensively, but man, I'll tell you, oof, I just don't know. Gotta put I up with a lot. Thought. If I'm a if I'm a GM in the league, and uh, James Harden comes to to my franchise and says, "Hey, you guys, you know, I'm with the Rockets now, but I'd like to come play for you," that is way less automatic than than uh, than might ordinarily be the case.
1: Yeah. Well, another one of Sam's pieces that he's done recently, he talked to anonymous front office folks across the league and the returns he got there were not real positive either. So, re- re- you know,
2: Recap that. What, what did they say?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't have it exactly uh, in front of okay. me there, Gordon. As, uh, uh, you give me a second, but I've been keeping up with Sam's work and Sam hopefully will have a chance to, uh, uh, to well, join us. Well, what you're saying is that
2: there is some hesitation. Right. I mean, there's some concern on the part of people when it comes to that particular player.
1: Uh, here's just a few. This is from Sam's Twitter. Anonymous NBA front office members weigh in on the James Harden saga. Quote, it just bleeped up your whole organization. Quote, Harden is a terrific scorer, but not a champion. Unquote. Ooh. And the, the third one, there are concerns that he can negatively affect a team's culture. Oh, you think? <laughs> So, I mean, it's not going unnoticed, certainly, around the mm-hmm. league.
2: I, I don't blame them for their, for their concern in this regard, man. And, and this is going, I'm telling you, this is going to affect the way people go into drafts and make trades and sign free agents. I, I think there's going to be some serious discussion about the mental side. And I know you got to have talent, you got to have ability, and certainly James Harden has more than enough of that. But there's got to be a little something extra too, something that benefits everybody, not just that guy.
1: This uh, is Sam's furthering the reporting, by the way, on this uh, Kawhi Leonard Jerry West situation. Got up. Long story short, Gordon, you got to pay off the bag man. That's that's <laughs> lesson number one.
2: Always say, Thanks for that. I appreciate <laughs> pay off it, that but... bag man.
1: Uh, no, as I look into this, and, and I'm I, I'm surprised I missed this the other day when it uh, when it came out. Um, uh, but uh, the bag man, in this case, Johnny Wilkes, who claims to be Kawhi Leonard's friend, mm. uh, is suing, claiming that Jerry West owes him two and a half million dollars for his role in helping the Clippers land Kawhi Leonard, and he's demanding Jerry West pay it up. How about wow. that? Wow. Hmm. see this is where these things can go
2: south because did Jerry West make that make that promise or did he not and now someone comes along after the fact and says no no Jerry you did Jerry says no I didn't I didn't and he said no you did
1: yeah, what this is crazy. According according bats. to the lawsuit, uh, Wilkes says that he quote immediately went to work unquote on uh, and began convincing Kawhi and Kawhi's uncle the Clippers were the right team for him. Uh, uh, so
2: hmm. you know who can solve this problem?
1: Uh, Judge Joe Brown,
2: <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. How so? He can tell the truth. Oh, he's not guy... going to do that. Well, I mean, I know, but he could solve it. He could
1: put it all to bed But tell What do you mean? Put it all to bed? You mean getting his franchise punished? No. Put it all to bed. Could, you act like a, no, it's some virtue no. to clear the air. He
2: says. He says the bag man's
1: lying. Oh well, he's going to do that. He's going to come out and say fake news, probably. But the 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 thing with uh, these lawsuits, though, is discovery is a heck of a thing. <laughs>
2: You, mind, you mean to say they might actually find the truth
1: yeah discovery is uh, as as much as uh, everybody enjoys uh, sitting down and being grilled by attorneys they're um, going to
2: find they're going to find the truth and the truth may not set them
1: free oh no 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 they they're, they're going to eventually pay this guy off cuz they're not they're not <laughs> they're not going to be disposed deposed
2: what's the number going to be
1: well he says he owes him 2.5 million dollars find the clippers the real, I'm cutting him a check number? now and then giving him a tip Oh, you think they're going he's going to get the full amount? I certainly yeah, I'd pay him whatever it costs to go away. Now the NBA's looking into it according to Sam. That's not good. No. Let's say they have to pay a huge fine and uh, Hey, uh, are, hey are,
3: buddy. How much to for you to lose your cell phone, huh?
1: Yeah, right. Hey. <laughs> was it, Wait, hold on. What's this guy's name again? Johnny Wilkes. Hey Johnny, uh <laughs> hey, look outside your front door. There's a, a big bag of cash and uh we're going to need uh we're going to need you to uh Smash your phone with a hammer and uh, disappear for a while. We're going to need you to go somewhere. Go on on vacation, not in this country. Yeah. Uh, somewhere uh, where uh, communication. Fiji's wonderful is this a time. Juggie. Yes, Fiji is just beautiful. <laughs> just beautiful.
2: Oh my gosh, that's what they this should is, do.
1: This is like out of a movie
2: or something. But
1: you know what? Isn't it funny? And, and we've got to go to break because Sam is coming up next. But isn't it funny that it ha- this is how we always learn about this? It's like the Reggie Bush situation. Reggie took money from uh, from that uh, whatever it was, marketing firm or whatnot, and then he stiffs them, and then it comes out the malfeasance, and everybody gets in trouble. If you just pay the bagman, you're good to go.
2: <laughs> good to go. All right. That's re- that's really the moral of the story. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean that that's move number one. Okay. We're here at Built okay, Bar. Okay, kids. Always remember that. Pay off the bagman. Never stiff the bagman. Bad idea. com. Use promo code ZONE at checkout for some amazing deals. And Brenna is jumping on with us uh, once again. And uh, this is really a great opportunity for folks to try it because they're going to love Built Bar. It's, it's such a great product. It's delicious.
5: It really is. I mean, they have a little bit of something for everyone. I know we've talked about Built Bites, you know, the Fun Size Protein Bar. We've talked about the Immune Boost Plus um, but the bar themselves is really the bread and butter it's what they started with they're amazing there's 18 flavors we've talked about my favorites peanut butter raspberry is also really good i always forget about raspberry um but you really can't go wrong it's and it's funny because we always talk about how amazing they truly taste but they're great for the fit family that we talked about yeah, earlier mm-hmm. you know they are only like four or five net carbs 130 calories depending on the flavor and you're getting 18 grams, 17 grams of protein. Like, that's it's amazing. insane. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Uh, I just got this text from my wife who said, "Can uh, uh, will you pick up the white chocolate, please? You guys have brought the white chocolate back. <laughs>
5: yes. See, so many people have wanted the white chocolate. So we have the white chocolate back in the bites for our 12 days of Christmas celebration. Um, so we have the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're so good. White chocolate, sea salt, caramel, white chocolate cherry sundae, and white chocolate coconut deluxe. And so definitely get some of these because they're only for a limited time. Um, But, yeah, they're great for on-the-go, you know, for your kids, for your kids' lunches, if you need a a snack between dinner and the car. So um, cool. I know you're always on the go, too. Oh,
1: yeah. All right, builtbar.com. That's builtbar.com, promo code ZONE. Thank you very much, Ben. We appreciate you. you. All right, Sam Amick, coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: I wish your never let you... This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
3: What about Utah? Another one of your teams, McMahon. Um, uh... Disappointing, you know, just disappointing seven-game series loss. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, spectacular. Um, they get uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich back. They re-signed Derek Favors, um, re-signed Jordan Clarkson. This is a team that, you know, I think has some expectations attached to them, but will be hard for them to make up ground. I mean, there was, there was pretty much no difference between the fourth seed and the eighth seed. Yeah. Fourth seed and seventh seed last year, and they were in that group.
4: Yeah. And, you know, it was a disappointing first round loss, really, because they had that 3 1 lead. Um, but, it, you know, that losing Bogdanovich before the bubble, you know, they lost an efficient 20 point score. That's a tough blow to overcome. I think the, the encouraging thing was after the, you know, way too public fallout between uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, you know, things between them went very smoothly uh, in the bubble, you know, it kind of reaffirmed the Jazz's belief that that can be, can continue to be a productive professional partnership. You know, nobody's asking, well, can Rudy and Donovan get along? Uh, Right now, you know, the non Rudy minutes were a disaster for the Jazz last season. That's why they paid full mid level to basically bring back Derek Favors uh, to be the backup center. Uh, bringing back Clarkson was huge. You know, their bench went from awful to all right uh, after they traded for him last year. Now, uh, I think the Jazz will be somewhere in that playoff mix. I, you know, I, I don't know that it'll be home court advantage first round, but I think they'll be a playoff team.
1: All right, that was uh, from uh, Brian Windhorst's podcast here. Brian and uh, Tim McMahon right there uh, give their thoughts on the Utah Jazz. I, I feel like measuring the Jazz and how good they were last year by that series against Denver is is doing the Jazz a disservice. Not that, not that the season went perfectly last year, uh, Gordon, by any means, but that... That playoff series was so weird in the weird bubble situation. They were up three one. They have, you know, what, four 50 point performances in the series. I just I mean, I'll I'll listen to people's opinion on where they gauge the jazz, but they have the opinion that because they lost to Denver in the first round last year means they're going to be the same this year. Uh, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying into that at all.
2: Yeah, well, there's good news and bad news out of the bubble. I mean, the Jazz were not favored to beat the Nuggets, right?
1: Uh, I don't know who was favored in that series. Uh,
2: oh, the Nuggets were favored, uh, and and the Jazz, as it turned out, should have won the darn thing. But uh, so there's good news and bad news, and that's without. I like to hear guys who are aware enough to know that Bogdanovich wasn't involved in that. So. His addition back into what the Jazz have, I think, gives them a, a large advantage over where they were, even during the bubble. If, if you want to hold that against them, the, I, I think it was, more, it was more encouraging for Jazz fans than discouraging because what was happening there was spectacular offensive basketball at times. And uh, the Jazz know they need to shore up their defense a little bit, and if they do that, then they'll. They'll. I think the Jazz are better than people are giving them credit for, Jake. Uh, regardless of how you felt about the bubble, whether you thought that was good or bad, whatever. The Jazz going to be good this year. I I I am convinced of it. Well, how good? When you say that, I think they can. The Lakers are. I mean, it's. They're the Lakers now, and they've—they're going to be tough. But I think they can be in the top four teams.
1: Oh, I think it can be in the top four. But I mean, like you heard, uh, I think it was Windhorse who said basically three through eight was the same last year. So I don't know. I don't know. I like this, the, the this Lakers.
2: Is... The Lakers have set a tough standard. I mean, that, that's going to be tough to climb over. But but uh, the Clippers are a mess, and. I, I, who else? The Nuggets? You're not high on the Nuggets at all. Who else is? These teams that are supposedly going to beat the Jazz down so that they're down around 7, 8, or lucky to get into the playoffs, I'm not buying that at all.
1: No, I'm not, I, I, I'm not either. In fact, I said, what was it last week? That the, the only team you can make an argument that hands down uh, will finish in front of the Jazz is the Lakers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The Clippers yeah. have more talent than the Jazz, but they're a mess. I mean, how much how much is that really going to work? And then outside of that, I mean, do you think a lot of people out there think Dallas is going to get a whole lot better? But that is yet to be proven. Certainly almost
2: every almost every uh, prediction I've seen nationally has uh, the Mavericks ahead of the Jazz. And I'm I'm just not there. Not there.
1: I'm not there. Uh, I'm not there yet, uh, necessarily, either. Uh, Okay, we have a couple of uh, NBA news things to get to real quick, and we can uh, get to these further a little bit later on in the show. Uh, But Woj had a tweet that the Houston Rockets are now uh, looking beyond James Harden's wish list as a destination to trade James Harden. And then Shams almost simultaneously had a report saying the Sixers have made Ben Simmons available in uh, some packages for James Harden. So... Not necessarily Hmm. conflicting reports there, but certainly Houston is active. And we did get word from Sam. He's he's chasing this Kawhi story. He's going to be unable to uh, join us. Hopefully he can join us maybe in the next few days. But, of course, he's very busy. But um, if I'm Houston, Gordon, I've I've said this before. I I ignore James Harden's list of desired teams. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't have to go by that at all. I mean, he doesn't have a no trade clause, so he can keep his opinions to himself. I'm trading him wherever I can get the best deal. What's the motivation for a team not to do that? What do you mean, the Houston or the team trading for James? The team trading.
2: No, well, no, the, the, you know, no Houston, Houston, because. Why? What? How does it serve the Rockets as a franchise to limit themselves only to teams preferred by James Harden? It,
1: none is the answer to your question. That's why all <laughs> this, all this stuff going out. Oh, he now, he now would accept a trade to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you even reporting that for? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. The only Ordinarily,
2: way- I might think, well, maybe they want to maintain their reputation around the elite players in the league. But James Harden's already going to trash the Rockets, no matter what. They they
1: do for him now. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that is hardly a reason. I, I get what you get at, and I hear you. you got to be aware of your reputation, but if it were me, it wouldn't prevent me from trading him wherever I can get the best deal. Okay, and, so and, if,
2: if you could get, if, you, if the deals were equal, <laughs> would you send them to the crappier team
1: just for spite?
2: 100%. I wonder what Austin would do if he were the GM. I'd probably <laughs> send them to... Siberia or something
1: right uh Gordon I don't know if you ever watched the Wire and I want to dive into a show that not everybody has seen, but there there's it's about a cop and a detective, and he told this story about kind of a a rogue detective that he knew when he first got into the force and how uh this this was kind of an against the grain kind of cop or whatever and uh the the cop's boss asked him hey where you know just just out of curiosity where where's Where's the last place you'd want to end up on this police force? <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, oh, man, I, I, I could do anything. Just don't put me on harbor patrol. Don't put me on a boat, is what they said. And then the end of the story is, long story short, you know where that cop ended up, right? On the boat. On the boat. Cleaning the boat. So yeah. I, would, I would pull James aside. i say, James, <laughs> you know, we'll try our best to get you where you want to go, but just, just out of curiosity, where's the last place you want to play? <laughs> What's last on the list? And then I'm calling that team as soon as I'm done talking to him.
3: How would you like to play professional basketball in Valenzuela? Or Valenzuela. Venezuela.
1: <laughs> We've traded you leagues, not just teams, <laughs> but you're now headed to the South American League. Yeah, yeah. If I'm a, not mistaken,
2: I think uh, The Wire was uh, filmed in Baltimore, wasn't it? I think yes, so. it's all
1: about Baltimore. Not only filmed there, but that is very much the... the central part of that. It's a great
3: family night show to sit down, down with the kids. <laughs>
2: <and> <laughs>
1: so that was the harbor uh,
2: that uh, said uh, officer did not want to be in? Correct.
1: Is, is there in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to be on the boat in Baltimore. And his reason for not wanting to be on a boat? I don't know. Maybe he didn't like boats. Maybe it's a tough duty. I'm not sure. I've never worked a harbor patrol for the Baltimore Police Department.
3: You know who both knows and likes James Harden, but he doesn't want to play there, but they have enough to offer the Rockets?
1: The Oklahoma that? City Thunder. Oh, that, would be, that would be amazing. They do have enough. They could do that, Austin. How about that's,
3: 16 first-round picks,
1: huh? Yeah, they, they do have the assets that they could get that done. That's That's an astute point on your part. And he wouldn't want to play there. No, I don't think he would. Although we might, I don't know, up-and-coming team. There's a lot of... Oh, oh he's he been on
3: record for years about how he felt betrayed by them.
1: How by they, Sam yeah. Presti, oh, yeah, and he, he should have. They traded him over, like, five million bucks. <laughs> which Karma. Yeah. So, all right, we'll have uh, the Not Sports Report coming up next. We're live from Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code ZONE. Get all sorts of great deals. We'll have more straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> Number one... <laughs> You are your one.
0: in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 975-1280 the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Never say never, never.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, um, Kyle Whittingham and Kalani Satake sound coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. But right now it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUSEDCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
2: We're going to Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Ah, very familiar with Kill Devil Hills. Yes, you are. Today is the day in 1903 that the Wright brothers first took flight.
1: You know, I'm so happy that you said Kill Devil Hills because everybody thinks it's Kitty Hawk, and that is not the case. (laughs) How'd that get mixed up? Because Kitty Hawk sounds better. Oh. Doesn't it? Like, like first in flight kitty hawk, you know, there's there's the bird reference, the flight or whatever. Kill Devil Hills just sounds like where somebody goes to perish in the (laughs) desert.
2: What's it like there at Kill Devil Hills?
1: Uh, It's it's sand dunes for the most part. Like uh, that's why they picked it, because it was really windy um, and uh, they had those sand dunes that they could jump off, essentially, uh, with their gliders and such as they uh, as they tested everything.
2: It uh, You know, they're not from that area. They're from Dayton, Ohio, if, I, if memory serves it. Let me see. It says here uh, that Orville piloted the first flight that lasted 12 seconds and went 120 feet. On the fourth and final flight of the day, Wilbur traveled 852 feet, remaining airborne for 59 seconds. It, that morning, uh, the brothers became the first people to demonstrate sustained flight of a heavier-than-air machine under the complete control of the
1: pilot. Uh, they have a great museum there. Uh, the Wright Brothers Museum, is it's really incredible. But uh, one of the cool parts is you can stand on the ground where the, the flights were. They have it marked out, right, uh, uh-huh. exactly how far they went and stuff. And the, the progress that they made in one day between that first and fourth flight is, is pretty remarkable, actually, when you're standing there looking at it, you know.
2: Well, I've got some bad news about things that fly, too. Okay. The bad news centers on... 2017 XQ60 That is a space rock that has been dubbed that number by a team of astrologists at NASA and they say it is an asteroid the size of the leaning tower of Pisa that's
1: coming straight at earth Why do we have to talk about all this doomsday stuff Okay would be I don't know. positive uh
2: well maybe it won't hit earth maybe it's just gonna fly by it but there is some question about uh, what this rock is, is it, up to
3: i'm with jake i don't want to know when Not an asteroid's either. coming just let it hit us and we'll never even know what hit us that's just they shouldn't be telling us these things
2: And then there's this, and I want to get your thought on this, because we've been talking about these athletes who sometimes exert their will and impose their will on the rest of the team, and they go crazy and whatnot, and they got to have everything their way. And I was going to have Austin play this, uh, but I don't think I should because there's too many F-bombs in there, which probably wouldn't be good for our listeners. But did you see that video of Tom Cruise going berserk on the movie crew over there in England?
1: Which uh, one? Cuz there was a new one today, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's another one. He just went nuts, yelling at crew members and telling them they were fired, and they they broke uh, the COVID protocol. So I mean, there was reason for him to be angry, but it it just it, I don't know, man. I know we get mad sometimes, but we got to keep it under control, folks, because when you don't, it comes across. It just is not healthy. It's not good for anyone. Uh, Austin, I don't know if you've seen that video, but uh, that 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 would be, you know, Austin level anger. Yeah. Uh,
3: Johnny and I have plans to talk about this on the movie zone in an extended piece coming up on Friday, by the way, at 10 p.m., which I had a Casey Kasem reaction when I heard that 10? 10 p.m. Friday night, uh, but uh, a short version a preview, I get why he's upset. I can see myself acting that way. It's justified, <laughs> but maybe not kosher. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think you said it well. He just Jake, you J- J- probably haven't seen it, but he's he oh, seen it. Oh, he's raging. And uh, I it just <laughs> it doesn't serve. A whole lot of purpose. I know there are times for anger, but uh, when you when, when a star like that is just screaming at people, it, it just doesn't do anybody any good, I don't think.
1: I disagree. <laughs> you,
2: know, yeah. you think that's the way it should be?
1: Absolutely. Okay. He's Tom oh. F. Cruz. He can say whatever he wants. He sure
2: can, apparently. And he can fire whoever he wants, too.
1: Yeah, that's right. He's Back the star off, of the show. Yeah, seriously.
2: Do you like the Mission Impossible films?
1: I don't. I watched Uh, the first one. I haven't seen one since. Actually, no, that's not true. What was the one that had... uh, um, Oh, the guy who played Capote. I've seen that one. Why am I... uh, Philip Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I've seen that one. So I guess I've seen two of them. That's my favorite one, Mission Impossible 3. But they're Uh, all good, dumb fun, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree with Austin. I think they've been pretty good but and I want to like Tom Cruise but it's hard for me to get there. I don't think he's a great actor. Um, what? no, I don't. Uh just my opinion. Uh but but he has a presence about him on on the screen and that's obviously why he's so highly paid. You so didn't think paid. he was
1: good in Jerry Maguire?
2: Or Rain Man? Or Rain Man? Or Risky Business or Days of Thunder? What or was the movie gun? What was the movie about the uh, about the pool player? With Tom, Paul,
1: Oh, The Hustler? Or yeah, Color of Money? Color yeah, of I didn't,
2: money. The Color of Money. I didn't like, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, he doesn't convince me. That's all. He could throw a ball really good in War of the Worlds.
3: No, he, he cannot do that. <laughs> what was the well, one uh, with uh, Jack Nicholson? I, I want the truth.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. a few good men. Yeah, yeah what are is, you talking is, about, is, Gordon? Is, but but no, no, I just got to talk myself into, into believing him as an actor. Right. Uh, that's all. Uh, okay. and I don't have there's some actors I don't have to do that but with with Tom Cruise I, I I sort of have to convince myself sorry just different strokes for different folks and he's not my I, I, I say he's not my favorite I, but that's not really the truth I like I like watching him in his movies I just he just doesn't convince me that's all
1: uh, says the guy who thinks Russell Crowe was terrific in Les Mis. Yeah uh, uh...
3: Mike drop
2: <laughs> wait a minute! Russell Crowe is twice the actor Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's uh, that's garbage.
1: All right, you, hey, no, who, you just
2: you just don't like okay. him because he couldn't sing.
1: Uh, 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 Russell Crowe is a, a fine actor, but I mean,
2: what come what on. performance? Wait, wait, oh, uh, name me name me two performances by Tom Cruise that then that were better than Russell Crowe in Gladiator and A Beautiful Mind.
1: We literally well, just a beautiful you, you, you uh, can't you can't do it. A beautiful mind. You could come up with like a dozen, maybe. I mean, Gladiator, no, no may, maybe, but like, Will I Ferrell mean, Will Ferrell in Inkerman's uh, better than. A beautiful I would. Man. I would put Tom Cruise's uh, performance in uh, Tropic Thunder above Beautiful Mind. <laughs> you would
2: love the character that he played in that movie. That that, that makes perfect sense to me, Jake. Uh,
1: I. I mean, foul mouth fiend. Jerry Maguire was amazing. I I love Jerry Maguire. All right.
2: Well, what do
1: you say? To each his own. I Russell Crowe, just oh, come minutes.
2: on. Did you ever see Russell th- Crowe's Robin perform- Hood? That, that, that performance, yeah, I saw
1: it. A horrible. The performance Dried he put home. on
2: in, in, in Gladiator and A Beautiful Mind. Th- that was that was cinematic
1: gold. Not neither one of those is Russell Crowe's best movie either. R- so, Russell which, which, Robin what is Hood. It? what is his best? Oh, L.A. Confidential is the best movie Uh, Russell Crowe's ever been in, for for sure. Russell Crowe's
3: Robin Hood, uh, it it gave me the same reaction as a bad protein bar.
1: It just made me gag. uh, Speaking of that, we're here at Built Bar, and I think that uh, Brenna, our good friend, could play a better Robin Hood than Russell (laughs) Crowe. I, I would go see that movie. Brenda's very talented. You're, I bet she's a fine actor. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, exactly. Put uh, me on the silver
5: screen. Now. It, it would have been a vast,
1: <laughs> vast improvement. Uh, but, but let's talk about improvement because you guys have uh, improved on your traditional uh, protein bar because I don't know, it tastes good it and tastes not good. like cardboard.
5: Yeah, Bell Bar has really taken the country by storm. We're like the fastest growing protein company in the really? world. Really? That's yeah. amazing. It's really cool. So we've really kind of they've made it their own own and it's cool to watch me a part of and see all the new flavors that they're dropping and the excitement that they have here they really want a product that helps you make you feel good it's good for you protein good and vitamins nutrient dense not just okay i have to gag this down you know right but you enjoy it so that's been really fun um and we're really excited with the holidays too because the perfect stocking stuffer they are doing 12 days of christmas in the built bar bites oh and we talked about the bites before with being the fun size of the protein bar and so great for stocking stuffers great for on the go um But they're white chocolate, you guys, and they have been seriously been selling out. Last Black Friday, um, we did white chocolate, and people went crazy for them. They sold out within the day. So white chocolate cookies and cream, white chocolate sea salt caramel, white chocolate cherry sundae, and white chocolate coconut deluxe is back for a limited time. So Hurry and snag those. And then you guys have a great deal for all of your listeners. Um, They can also fill up their cart with the Immune Boost Plus, which is going to give them their immunity. Especially around this time of year, um, has all your daily vitamins and three amazing new flavors with that as well. So awesome. a lot of amazing things.
1: All right, promo code zone at checkout. bar.com. That's our friend Brenna here. Get this tweet real quick before we go to break. Gordon, yes. listen up. Our friend Sven does it again. He says, "Going by weight, Russell Crowe is at least two, maybe three Tom Cruises." <laughs> <laughs> Going by weight, nailed it. All right, stay tuned. More big show next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty is